1: Okay, should we get into it? Let's do this. Oh, it's me. Okay.
0: Hello <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> Start <Stop laughs> 2024 as you mean to go on. Right, are you ready? Are you ready yeah, for this? I am ready. Hello and
1: welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home.
0: I'm Kate Watson-Smythe
1: and I'm Sophie Robinson and well we're just so excited to be back after the holidays although as we record well Arthur's still off school and uh, Kate's not even back from her house in (laughs) Italy (laughs) It's not really business as usual yet, is it?
0: No, I'm stringing it out as long as possible, to be honest. You know, we've had guests all over the Christmas period. But before we get into all matters new year, a quick word about becoming a friend of The Great Indoors. Our insiders get ad-free listening and a weekly newsletter with links to products mentioned in the show. Access to our secret address books, as well as bonus episodes and live webinars. Sign up at thegreatindoorspodcast.com.
1: No, that's right, for less than, I think it's around a pound a week, isn't it? Ah, the value, the value listeners (laughs) that we give our members is well worth it. So if you fancy supporting the show and treating yourself at the same time, visit the website and become a member today. Now, I want to hear all about the new house, Kate. Is it done? Are you ever coming home? And um, am I ever going to get invited? Hmm.
0: Now, which order shall I answer those in? (laughs) (laughs) Is it done? We are on to sort of snagging. The builders are here today.
1: Did you get them out in time for Christmas? That is actually what me and all the listeners really want to know because you well,
0: were racing up to that deadline. Oh, I mean, it was like changing rooms. We turned up and, you know, we had a bedroom and a bathroom. I think it was about the 17th oh, of yeah, December. Oh so quite close to the big day. And their deadline was Friday the 22nd. And they had, you know, they'd said all along, oh, we'll do it by Christmas. We'll do it by Friday the 22nd. And we turned up on the 17th and we're a bit like, oh, God, we slightly didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Because I think they say this about all renovations, don't they? And I think it's absolutely true. It's a bit like childbirth in that you forget. And in childbirth, you you forget forget how painful it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, otherwise you'd never do it again. <laughs> what you forget about, in my experience of renovations, is you forget about the dust. So while the builder's there, you go, oh, well, it's just a bit of dust. How bad can it be? And then we turned up, and on the top floor, we have a kitchen and bathroom and a bedroom and a sitting room. So we had a space we could be in, but i mean, oh, my God, it was so filthy. And the windows were absolutely filthy, because, of course, the builders, we took the keys April 23 and the builders arrived in May and they have gutted this house. I mean, they've rewired it, they've replumbed it, the floors were all rubble. So, I mean, the dust has levels you wouldn't quite believe. So we cleaned all that floor and they were still working frantically in the floor below. And then we managed to clean that. So we were cleaning. The boys then turned up. We were still cleaning. We managed to get their rooms ready. And then on the 22nd, they literally run around on that date, putting the oven in, putting the fridge in, but they didn't have time to level the fridge. So that was still wobbling, you know, all that kind of thing. And we'd got the washing machine. So we thought, do you know what? We're fine. We've got our Christmas food. We've got a washing machine. We've got a cooker. So we went to cook dinner Friday, the 22nd of December. And we put the water on for the pasta. It's all going swimmingly. (laughs) And then we put the oven on and the entire house went dark. And we were like, oh, my God, they haven't plumbed the cooker in properly. You know, that'll be fine. We'll deal with it. So we went to the fuse box. And you know how there's always a switch that you flick back up? No switches. So eventually, so we sat there in the dark going, oh, my God, we'll have to go to a hotel. And then we remembered that there's a fuse box in the street. So we went out into the street and flicked this fuse box. And the lights came back on again. Basically, we couldn't have the hob on and the oven at at the the same same time. time. And then a couple of days ago, we thought we'd have a test in daylight of the hob And the oven so that if everything blew, it was daylight and less scary and and it works. So we have full power and we're all set. There's just a bit of snagging. You had a nice Christmas. Yeah, it was lovely. The pair of us have never worked so hard in our lives. I mean, we were, we got three floors in this house. It was cleaning windows and inside and out. We were mopping, we were hoovering. We had to go to the big department store and buy a hoover, buy mops, buy dusters. And we're just endlessly making beds, hoovering, dusting, cleaning, unpacking boxes. So was it just
1: like a dusty building site on the 17th? Had all the tools come out and things?
0: No, the tools were still in because they were still working and they were still fitting lights. We We were begging them, you know, on about the 20th to go, we've got... Eight people here for New Year's Eve and we need lights in all the bathrooms, not just our bathroom. So, you know, we were chasing around. So they were they were still doing, you know, last bits of lights there. The decorating had been done, although they were still finding bits to paint, but there were still lights to fit. And, you know, one of the basins leaked and they had to sort that out. And then one of the loos wasn't working, you know, all that snagging stuff. But... They'd given themselves that deadline. So we were like, well, you, you're going to have to make that deadline. Oh, my goodness. So are you feeling exhausted? I can't even <laughs> begin. Yeah. Shattered. Shattered. I've never done so much cleaning in my life. And of course, you know you you then get that thing where because it's been a building site, there's just dust in the air. Mm, it keeps so, coming, you know, doesn't it? Cleaning it once, it does. And it it does it's not just coming. in I mean, the air; we're, it's we're, in all
1: the cracks and crevices. That and so it just keeps getting blown out through the
0: floorboards. That no floorboards. We've got we've got parquet floor, darling.
1: So you so you had your lovely family Christmas, just the four of you. Yeah. Did you do an Italian Christmas or did you do a very traditional?
0: No, because the boys get potato, very excited. We sprouts. did roast. We didn't do sprouts, but we did roast potatoes. So can
1: you buy sprouts in Turin? Uh, honest didn't look don't know wasn't
0: desperate to discover that i mean i'm sure you can but i don't know the italian for sprout i don't need to know that so um we, we didn't have that and then
1: moving through into new year did the boys stay with you no new the year, boys went on the 27th
0: because they were having new year's mm. eve parties and with we had mates, six friends came over and stayed And how was that, having the house It was lovely. I mean, it's what the house is kind of made for. And we've got this in what was the original kitchen, which has got a sort of vaulted ceiling. It's got a pizza oven, which we think went in in the 70s. So we lit the pizza oven and and made pizzas on New Year's Eve, which was very good fun. There was a lot of dough flying about the room um, and uh, drank beer. And that was lovely. That was lovely. Do you know, I had Chinese dumplings on New Year's Eve, which I'd
1: never done before. Nice. We made those. I know it was a bit of a bit of a twist. We invited, we just had one set of friends round, Ben and his wife Jing, who is, as you may guess, from China. And they just bought, she just bought like this huge ball of pastry and a big bowl of mincemeat, pork mincemeat with all kinds of delicious spices in. And uh, we got the rolling pins out and made Chinese dumplings. Cool. On my, and they were like, oh, you know, do you have a chopping board, a flat chopping board for rolling pastry? And I was like, no, you do it on my worktop. On <laughs> my really marble nice. worktop, yeah. Because here's the thing, I don't think I've ever made pastry. I've certainly never rolled it out. I mean, I maybe made some cookies with Arthur when he was a toddler, but. I'm not a pastry well, chef. Well,
0: I will say we did not make pizza dough. You buy, the supermarkets just sell you pizza oh, dough. Do and you can buy it in a lump or you can buy it a bit like just roll pastry and kind of flat yeah. sheets. And then you just ah. unroll it. So we had square pizzas, rectangle pizzas. Oh, well, I trump you um, then because we
1: actually made our pastry and rolled yeah, it out. Yeah, who's got time on my for that? kitchen island. So,
0: when you, know, you say was- we, you mean Jing. Jing, obviously. Yeah, Jing, yeah. yeah. You just filmed it.
1: <laughs> I just filmed it and put it on Instagram. <laughs> but it was really nice. It was actually really nice to see, you know, for me, I mean, obviously our kitchen got done back in June. But this Christmas was really the first time where we filled the house full of people. And you're right. It's, you know, when you've worked really hard on a renovation. Yeah. Being able to open the doors to your friends and family is actually what it's all about isn't it and it was really nice this was our sort of well I've hosted Christmas here at the house ever since we lived here but we always had that weird juggle you know which we've talked about a lot with this tiny kitchen down one end of the house and the living room down the other and you're just always running the gauntlet back and forth back and forth so it was really nice having everybody in one space and we opened the doors to the conservatory racked up the wood burner yes and we were, because <laughs> it was chilly in the conservatory, I'm not going to lie, but it wasn't unusable at all. We I put my tree in there. So we had the tree in the conservatory and it was a really nice sort of breakout space. On that note, the tree actually went up in November because I had a photo shoot for House Beautiful in November for Christmas 2025, obviously. What? Well, that's how magazines work, isn't it? They're always so A clean.
0: year in advance?
1: Well, they usually shoot them in the summer, but they shot mine in November as a house feature for 2025. So, yeah. Gosh. Yeah,
0: they can do them a year in advance. But you'll have completely redecorated it by Christmas 2025. There's just no chance it will still look the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: possibly, but yeah, here we are recording on the fifth of January, sixth tomorrow. We're supposed to take our decorations down by tomorrow, yeah. aren't we? But my tree that's been up since November is still going strong.
0: Oh, the dilemma. Well, maybe you keep the tree and take the decorations off. I don't know how that works, actually. Right, and
1: just have a just have a tree sat yeah. in the middle, of, sat in the corner of my conservatory. Yeah, I suppose
0: so. When do you take your decorations down? Well, to be honest, we didn't really have any. This is a house that would be lovely with a tree, but we would just. So full on cleaning till the last minute. I mean, I found a box of candles and some candlesticks. Oh, wow. So then there's a fir tree in the garden. And I said, you know, why don't you chop a branch off that? And at least it's ours. And then I found in a box a a little sort of tabletop fake Christmas tree that I've had for years as a prop. So I put that on the table and that was fine. But this year it was was, was a step too far. You had enough to do. I schlepped a box of crackers over from London in the back of the car when we came. Because, uh, the, yeah, the Italians don't do crackers. I think it's quite a British thing, isn't it? The cracker thing. I think it must yeah, be. I think, I think it, it must, must be. be. But we did crackers and we had a little tree on the table and some candles and that was that was kind of it.
1: Well, we started off with, it was going to be nine of us for Christmas and I actually bought a box of eight crackers, which was a bit of an oversight. But anyway, I thought oh, I would be fine. And then people just kept getting added on and then we had 12. And so it was a bit embarrassing on Christmas Day when I realised I'd only got eight <laughs> (laughs) You can't have a cracker. (laughs) I know. Well, I obviously didn't get my cracker, but yes, that was a, you know, you don't, I don't know. I just hadn't really thought of it as, you know, the numbers were growing. I hadn't really thought that I'd already bought my crackers and I'd actually only bought eight.
0: The one thing that the boys really insist on at Christmas is crackers. It's really weird because the stuff inside's always rubbish. The jokes are always appalling and that nobody wants to wear the hats. But they just, so that was the one thing I had to bring over. Like they they were ultimately don't really care if there's not a tree, don't really care about the house being decorated but we must have crackers that's interesting oh arthur must have it all he's got quite the list oh i bet (laughs) now sophie a little recap this is the time of year when you famously vision board the next 12 months and and all i can remember from this time last year is that you'd basically written world domination on your vision board so you know fill us in how's that panning out for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) out very well. Thank you very much, darling. (laughs) Yeah, actually, the word I put was build an empire. Oh. And I think, you know, I think it's fair to say that that's uh, well on its way, isn't it?
0: I thought the actual word was global domination. No.
1: (laughs) I think you must have tried to manifest that. Oh right, okay. You international property tycoon you. So <laughs> so I
0: think as we record, I mean we know we've moved on from new year's resolutions and they're quite controversial to people do them anyway, but I think there's nothing wrong with a bit of, you know, planning the year ahead throughout the month of January. So what's your plans? And I'll just piggyback them. So so when you put... Because <laughs> so I've done all global, the work yeah. and you've actually not really thought about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just go, oh, me too. I want to globally dominate the
1: world. <laughs> well, actually, I did spend the whole day yesterday doing my vision board for 2024 because I always host an annual vision board webinar live the first week in January. It's something I've done for the last sort of four years in a row and it's a great way to bring everyone together. We spend an hour and a half together and I share my method of how I create vision boards and why I think they're so powerful and why I think they're so effective. So in order to host the webinar last night, I actually had to do my own vision board, so i 've done one, and you 're right my The whole thing about creating a vision board for the year ahead for me is about helping me get out of this horrific January fug that I always found myself in post Christmas. You know I love christmas it 's a gorgeous holiday. you fill the house with friends and family, you eat too much, you drink too much, you cover the house in tinsel it 's all the joy, all the color. And then the first week in January comes and it's back to school, back to work. All the pretty lights have to come down. And so I find it, I can get in quite a low mood in January and I know I'm not alone. So I find vision boarding a great way to kind of kick the kick the negativity and start feeling gently, and this is a key word, gently optimistic and excited for the year ahead and get my mojo back so that's why I don't do to-do lists I don't do resolutions I don't set goals I don't do timelines measurable results all of that can wait till the spring when I'm up and raring to
0: go so I've had an idea then because clearly as I've done nothing but clean windows and dust and I ain't manifesting that for 2024 (laughs) perhaps we could do a bit of a live vision boarding session now I haven't got any stuff but we can do a a verbal one so now then I have been busy dusting and cleaning and, you know, basically my second career as a washerwoman is is running apace. That's not actually what I want to manifest for 2024. So, you know, help me through this because I seem to recall last year you were asking me about my word of the year. Obviously I haven't had time to think about it But last year I think my word of the year was cough Because I seem to recall I was sick as a dog (laughs) When we recorded last year So you never talked me through the concept So hit me Yeah
1: word of the year is a really nice one as well Um, I've got my word of the year Is it meant to be secret? No it's not No I don't think any of this should be secret Because the other thing that's really powerful When you set yourself goals, aspirations, ideas If you share them it makes them even more powerful So speak them out, put them out in the world, share them with your friends and family. And I think the big thing about vision boarding, which you're going to hate, but it's really, really important is you've got to be audacious. You've got to dream big. You've almost got to imagine stuff that there's a part of you in your brain going, you're never going to have that. Like my Build My Empire vision board for 2023. I remember putting that on. It started, actually, that vision started with me going, oh, I'd quite like a shop. I think a shop would be really nice. Maybe an A shop? Ah! I started fantasizing about having an interior shop with all lovely, colorful knickknacks. And I was like, oh, it could be like a cute little shop. Or maybe it'll be an online shop, but I'll get to pick like lots of lovely things and put them all together and it'll sort of show uh, people how to bring a look together and I can get to choose lots of nice bits from lots of lovely artists and craftspeople and support small businesses. And I've just got really into that, thinking, oh, what a lovely idea. Then I checked myself and was like, could I dream bigger than that? Could it be more than just (laughs) a chain of shops.
0: A chain shops. That's
1: where Build an Empire came from. And I started thinking of, and I'm always really inspired by sort of fellow female entrepreneurs. And it was actually, i just read Anya
0: Heinmarsh's
1: book, Now Go Wash Your Hair or whatever it's called.
0: I only got as far as the washing hair. I'm not sure what to do after that.
1: <laughs> I don't even think she washes her hair in the book. It's a quite a strange title, but it's a really good book. And so I thought, well, she's built like a whole brand. She hasn't got one shop. She's got loads of shops. She does all kinds of exciting things with her business. So that's what you have to do. You have to think what you think's manageable, and then... You and double it. Yeah, double it, triple it. And okay, I haven't got my shop, but look, I've got my wallpaper and fabric collection. I've got a yeah. sofa collection being launched in the spring. There is more stuff in the pipeline for 2025. So it's, you know, Kate, okay, this stuff works. You know, it's coming. Mm. And that's what, <laughs> that's what I think mm. quite thrilling and exciting about this. And there's no attachment here that you actually have to have the empire. Like this, like I said, this isn't a to-do list. I'm not saying a, by March 2025, I'll be halfway there to da, da, da. That, as I said, that isn't what vision boarding is about. It should never come from a place of lack it should never come from trying to fix something, you know, I, it's all about dreaming and feeling excited about your future. But the other great thing about it as well is it can open up ideas and opportunities that you didn't even think were a thing if you allow yourself the opportunity to dream and stop being so caught up in the day-to-day to-do list being overly realistic. Is this all making sense? It's quite woo-woo,
0: but it does kind of work. Well, yes, it's interesting that because I think what you're saying or what I'm hearing from that that seems relevant to me is stop trying to micromanage the details and just focus on, you know, where you want to be or the bigger picture. Because... I've always had terrible trouble when I'm daydreaming about so here I am I own a big house in Italy would be the daydream for the last 30 years and then I can't ever get to imagine what the house is like because I then get sidetracked out but if I was going to buy a house in Italy I'd have to know the Italian for contract and then I'd have to know where to find the notary so then I'd have to just you know and I get too caught up in the in the actual I mean, yes, those are details in real life, but they take away. I, I get bogged down before I ever get to the grand idea. Yes, and, I think and that's, that's the thing. That's and the bogged
1: downness is coming. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a, re- <laughs> a re- there's a there's a really lovely quote which I really love by Sarah Ban brethnack which is the world needs dreamers and the world needs doers, but above all, the world needs dreamers who do.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, there's <laughs> so my phrase a, for the year. I'm going to be a dreamer who th- does. Th- A dreamer who does, but the dreaming comes first and then the doing comes later. And once you have the dream, suddenly you get the momentum, the the motivation, the inspiration to take you into the doing. If you start with the doing, i.e., the New Year's resolution list, I will lose one stone this year, I will save. £15,000. I will, um, you know, start a new business. Therefore, I don't know, already I'm contracted. (laughs) Well, it's just scary,
0: isn't it? I'm
1: contracted and I don't want to do it. It all feels too much and I'm a bad person. And oh, God, you know, and all the negativity comes in. Whereas if you start with the dream and you really believe in it and feel it. So the whole vision boarding process is really discovering what dreams are and visions you've got traction with, that's got grip. And that's why, you know, it took me like best part half a day to do my vision board for this year, because I'm always questioning, is it this or is it something else? It's kind of just really, really inquiring. And then when you've got your vision, then you can... Set the to-do list. But you'll have the energy, momentum and optimism to do it because it feels like this is the right path for you and what you want to do.
0: So what's your word?
1: Yeah, so you're going to love this one. So last year was build an empire. Yeah. This
0: year... Pay tax on the empire.
1: <laughs> my top <laughs> one is... But, well, you're not that far off. Build a fortune. Oh. And I've got a picture of loads of notes wrapped up in rubber bands in a big pile. Oh, it's such a... I thought, imagine that! Imagine... Just building a stash of cash. I just find that a thrilling idea. And what's really interesting for me is I've never had money on any of my... I mean, I've been visual boarding for about 15 plus years. I've never put money on it. This will
0: be interesting to see.
1: I know. Interesting that, isn't it? And I feel quite thrilled at that thought of building a fortune because I absolutely don't have one at the moment. (laughs) So I'm starting from a so, very low base. <laughs> so what you're
0: saying is, you've put build a fortune, but you haven't mm. done what I would do, which is get into the nitty gritty of how you're going to do it. You're just no. like, I'm going to do it, and the path will reveal itself to me. This is quite woo-woo, but I'm here for it. It's quite woo-woo,
1: but also, if I go into this year with a filter that this year I'm building a fortune, that's going to make loads of different behavioural changes already, I can tell, because if my focus is building a fortune. And we've got to remember another lovely quote I love is where the attention goes, the energy flows. Love that one.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I can already see maybe I'm going to attract better paid jobs. Maybe I'm going to not spend so much. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? If I've just got this, you know, before I click to buy, I go, hold on, I'm building a fortune. So I'm actually not going to buy that. I'm going to want, I want to see the cash build up in my bank account instead. <gasps> it puts a whole totally different spin on it. So I'm really interested to see how that one's going to play out and I will I've got I've got a meeting with my business coach later on in February and we'll come up with a more solid plan for the year of how I'm going to build this fortune but for now I'm just excited and then there are some other lovely things on there I'm not going to get into all the detail but I'll share another one with you which I think is quite fun I would like to go into this year feeling really supported I'm sort of aware that I don't know whether you feel like this, Kate, but sometimes working on your own, on your own business, it can feel really lonely. Mm. And I often feel like, oh, everything's down to just me. And I don't like that feeling of like me having to do literally everything. So then I thought, rather than say, right, I want to employ a team or, you know, I want to work with these people. I thought, what's the feeling that I want? And the feeling is of being supported, having other people who are holding me up love that as a feeling. So I've put this image. And again, I was thinking, you know, in realistic terms, I probably employed two or three people to support me in my business. But then I was like, no, 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 because that's quite small. And that's quite realistic. So I found this picture of this room with all these people. <laughs> in it. It's probably about 20 people all looking really smiley and happy. Yeah, and I was like, yes, imagine that. Imagine if I had all those people supporting
0: me in my business. How amazing would that feel? It's funny that though, because to be sort of very back down to earth again, one probably does have that. If I remember reading a feature years ago with, you know, women saying well you know I might employ a it was successful women saying I might employ a PA or someone but then actually this article went through and went yes but you have someone to cut your hair and clean your house and help with your shopping and you know they they might have had a personal shopper but when you look all around you know someone who paints your nails or does your you know there is there is a sort of hidden group of people
1: no I think that's a really good point and I did think when I stuck that image on there I did think I'd really like to do another image which was a collage of actually all the people who do help me because they are there so that would be another nice little exercise for me to do wouldn't it I agree can I be at the top of the picture please I'm here you would absolutely (laughs) be in there and lovely Sarah our producer she'd be on there too yeah you are all there but I suppose you're not always in the same room. oh, maybe that's what I just need to do. Just need to have a party and get you all in the same room and take your picture and stick it on the wall.
0: Well, that's interesting. that's food for thought because you know I don't know in global terms, but as I've said. All along with this house in Italy, you know, I want to run design retreats. So I'm envisaging that they will be a great success and I'll be announcing details of those quite soon.
1: What will a retreat in Italy look like? Like a design retreat? Yeah. A A
0: design retreat. I love the sound of that. A couple of workshops at the house, a bit of a look around Turin. But making your own pizzas on the last night, staying at a design <laughs> hotel, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's yes. going to be fun. Full old tour of the house and my design process. Mm. That's what I'm launching this year. And the supported, interesting, because the mad husband's going to help with that. So he'll be at the house, you know, putting the chairs out or lighting the pizza oven when I'm teaching people, you know, how to find your interior style or something. So we're going to support each other in that. So maybe I just need a word. So what's your word? Do you only get one word? Yes, my word for this
1: year is consistent or consistency. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of a bit, again, it's a bit of a break. I've had things like happy, you know, quite joyful words in the past. But what I've realised this year is if I'm going to build my fortune and build this empowered business and have this network of people supporting me and all the other goals that I've got on my vision board, I just need to be consistent. And I was really looking at a lot of people I admire who who are doing really well, whether they're, for example, Kate, who's my sort of fitness go-to person. She is on Instagram or online every morning at 6.30 doing a group workout. Mm. And I'm like, that is so consistent. And then I was thinking, I was listening to Fern Cotton on the radio today, who's someone else I really admire in business. And I just thought she's consistently posting, doing podcasts. I think she's on her seventh book. She's just written a novel. And I just thought she's, and she doesn't make a big deal of it. She's just consistent. And you, Kate, the queen of consistency, you know, with your Substack posting your blog post. you just consist I mean I remember over Christmas feeling so blur and exhausted and then up pops you written a blinking blog post I was like the woman is unstoppable
0: and I didn't even know that you just dusted your house from top to bottom 10 oh, times over. I mean dusting's putting it mildly. Um, <laughs> I am going to perhaps finish off with a little anecdote that my husband told me about years ago and it plays to that Consistency. It's really, it's really interesting, and it's three words actually. And he interviewed many years ago because we both used to work at the Independent newspaper, and he interviewed Alex James, who was the bass player from Blur. So not an unsuccessful band. um And Alex James now, I think, famously lives in the Cotswolds and makes cheese. So they they met for lunch, and they were chatting, and and I can't remember how they got to the conversation, but Alex James basically said to my husband, he said, "You know what?" I may not have been the best bass player in the world. we may not have been the best band in the world. He said, but do you know what we showed up and it didn 't matter how many drugs we 'd taken the night before or how little sleep we 'd had or how ill prepared we were. We showed up to the rehearsal to the gig to the jamming session, whatever and I've never forgotten that because, you know, we do have a habit of looking at people who are really successful and going, oh, you know, they've had this luck. And, and of course mm. there is luck in success. But if you look at people who are really successful, there is also a lot of hard work, which comes down to your consistency or just showing up and doing it. So I'm having three words. Just show up. Yeah. There you go. Just show up much better than consistency. I'm going to nick that oh. and stick that on my board. <laughs> right now i want to ask one last thing which may well be a slightly pointless question given that you redid your house completely last year and i did Two houses completely last year and that's not happening again. But have you got any plans for your house or are you going to sit back and have a year of free, a decor free year?
1: Yeah, I've got no decor plans in the house. I mean, Arthur has asked for um, a redecoration of his bedroom and that hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to have to make some time for him. But no, for me this year, my creative Outlet is going to be in the garden. Oh, That's interesting. I'm going to put my energy and focus. And as you know, I'm a complete garden newbie, but we did get some beds uh, put in at the end, uh well, towards the end of last summer. I had that dahlia crop oh, in yes. my raised beds, which was just thrilling. That just gave me armfuls of cut flowers. All summer and into the autumn long—that was brilliant. So yeah, I think I'll put my energies in that. I think I, I think I need to give Tom a bit of time off in the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everybody's having a deck or lie down. Yes, I think I think I might do that. I want to just be—be mm, be a beer, not a doer. Just be in my house. Mm. Be a beer, not a doer. There we go. And after that
1: mammoth catch-up, that's all we've got time for. But we'll be back next week with some ideas on how to refresh your interiors without spending a fortune. And for our insiders, well, welcome back. Look out for your new weekly newsletter, which this week will include a few sneaky peek pictures of Kate's house in Italy. And I'll also share my mood board with you. And on that note, insiders, this is your year that we've got loads of fantastic bonus content planned for you we'd love to hear from you though so please get in touch with who you want us to interview and what you want us to talk about we've got our first live webinar booked in it's coming up on the 8th of february so stick that in your diary and look out for more bonus episodes coming your way
0: so all that remains is a big thank you to our producer sarah cudden of feast collective and arrivederci tutti (laughs) and we'll see you in the great indoors